Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I guess I'm Lauren. And I guess I'm Annie. (laughs) Welcome to Burt Farm. (laughs) (laughs) Two graceful ladies. I don't... You're welcome. I don't know if we're going to edit that. No, I feel like it's our, my essence. Yeah, yeah. We edit when we have to go to the bathroom in the middle of this thing, but <laughs> not when we're just being well, ourselves. We used to do that because we used to drink beer during these things because we actually used yeah. to be nervous when we were recording, but yeah. now we're not anymore, and yeah. also we don't drink beer anymore. <laughs> Annie, because she's uh, an elite athlete, and me, because I can't ever relive Because you made the, yourself too sick for <laughs> New Year's. puking that I did on New Year's Day. Different reasons. Different strokes. Same result. Same result. Yeah. Same result. Hey, it might springboard me into a new level of speed. <laughs> I don't know. So whether you're joining us today and you've stopped drinking for health reasons or you've stopped drinking because you've made yourself sick, welcome. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, so things have been a little sp- Spotty in the last six yeah. or seven weeks, we're holidays, just noticing. Yeah, holidays are crazy for everybody. We we managed four episodes in November, uh, came back in December right before Christmas, and we're like, sorry, we'll never miss a week again, and then we missed a week, but yeah. whatever. I think you'll get over it. We'll get back to regularity at some point. So we hope it's that you can... We're elite, you know, elite yeah. training, full-time working. Nope. Yeah. No. Sure. Okay. You're full-time working. You have a full-time I'm full-time working. Yes, I am full-time working. That's most of our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mostly all I do is feel for the people who have a long run every week that, you know, one episode every week. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I have been feeling bad for people who are still out there, like, training for their A races, Mm -hmm. and we have given them nothing. Yeah, we're slacking off when they're not. Sorry. Yeah. Congrats to anybody who finished the Rocks and Roots race number one. Whoa. That looked like a bear. Yeah, I have to give you guys credit because uh, a group of us were going to go volunteer and we we're like, it's too cold to volunteer. <laughs> that says a lot. Yeah, it does. So to all of you guys who did that race, uh, Katie Snaps. Height, Beth Shell, yeah. a few uh, loyal listeners yeah. um, going out there and just doing some really good work. Harvey Lewis came Harvey and ran Lewis, the race, yeah. which I think he's done every year for like Insane. the past three years. At least. The I last only three saw years. him at the inter, in an interlupal moment, but it looked like he was 25 minutes ahead of the uh-huh. second place person in the 50K. I, yeah. I'm assuming he won. Yeah, so uh, Harvey Lewis is... Has a lot of accomplishments. Holy he's shit, yes. won Badwater, run it a several additional times. He's done um, MDS, Marathon de Sobs. He done, he's done everything. Like yeah. The comrades, like, every race you could think of, any style you can think of, he's done it. And I would say, most notably in recent history, he and Guillaume Calmets battled it out for first place at Big's Backyard, running almost 250 miles. So that's um, insane. Yeah. That makes my body turn inside out yeah. when I think about it. And he's from Cincinnati. Yeah, it's uh, fun so to have a local, local guy. Boy, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's really cool that he comes to Rocks and Roots each year for multiple reasons. Him being a big runner, it being our our, our home running group, and it being such a shitty time of year. Yeah, it's weird. And you can see sort of the famousness in him. Like, he has, he's like, oh, you're an Ohioan. It still is a tan in January. So, like, you might be training yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. Like, you can see the, like, the, how hard he's worked in his actual flesh. Yes. <laughs> to give you one last example of what a badass Harvey Lewis is, uh, Every year I ride the tosser of the tour of the Sayota River Valley, which is a 200-mile bike tour, and we've seen Harvey running the course. <laughs> That's insane. Uh, another thing that puts him on the hard-ass list is he posts pictures almost every day of him doing his run commute to and from the school that he teaches at, and... 
for those of you guys who are not in Ohio, although many of you I think are experiencing the same, the last what so the two last weeks? two and a half yeah the weeks. last two and a half weeks have been brutally cold. So you know single digits, negative temperatures, and he's still been posting pictures of him doing his run commute with like full face goggles, a balaclava, oh like amazing. the whole thing. He even showed himself doing his run commute on a day when the school was closed just to keep it up. He's also an infamous streaker. Oh, I didn't not know that. a naked man, but no, but one person who runs, that runs every, day. every day. Yes, yes. Wow. All right, well, I'm done singing Harvey's praises, yeah. but just for today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Annie and I have been laying kind of low on kind the race of. circuit. Yeah. We sort of re-engaged yeah. and uh, did a, an odd sort of uh, start back into that world by doing a Rogaine last weekend. We were both so excited to be signing up for a race because so it's been pumped. a really long time. I mean... There's there's a rush that comes from oh, signing yeah. up for a race where you're like oh, itching yeah. your hands before you hit the button oh, and then you're like it's coming it's coming like give it to me yeah give it to like, me she's like I'm gonna sign up for an orienteering race uh do you want it and I was like give, send me the website now <laughs> she's like it's a little bit expensive I was like I'm going <laughs> doesn't matter let me doesn't touch matter the what button. we're doing because what was the, I'm trying to think of like the last race that I signed up for Ooh. I have no idea it was a very very long time ago for me. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's several been, months. It's been for me like eight months. Yeah. Because the races that I did in fall, I signed up for in spring. Yeah. So it's been a very long time since oh, I pressed the button. I, sh- I should actually, before we get into our adventures this last weekend, I should say I have signed up for a race recently that I wasn't even thinking about. We talked a couple episodes about uh, Big's Backyard and how we were kind of like. Oh, yes. Uh, keep wanting to say we fiddled around with the idea of wanting to do it, but we talked a little bit about wanting to do yeah, bigs. Yeah, don't fiddle with that. Gross. Diddle? Don't diddle even the, diddle. No, diddle don't. Diddle bigs? Okay. No. Uh, but I applied for the Bigs Backyard lottery. I'll use air quotation lotteries because as with most last races, it kind of goes into a black box. It's basically his whim. Yeah, sure. It's his whim. Um, but I got in. So freaking cool. And my husband is like, Andy is like, 15th on the waiting list. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So he'll probably really almost cool. surely get it. Yeah. So it just depends on the turnover, but it's on a wait list of, I think, almost 100 people. I think that's a format that I can't get into because of the anxiety. Oh, that's a that's an interesting point. Yeah. I mean, I would rather do a one-mile loop than a four-mile... Is it an outback? Yeah, so... Big's Backyard is a weird format where it's called Last Man Standing. So at the top of every hour, Laz rings a cowbell that signals it's go time for everybody to go. And it is 12 hours on the road, or 12 hours on a trail loop, and then 12 hours on the road. You have to mention how many miles you have to run. Yes. So every hour you have to complete the loop, and the loop is... Four, it's like 4.111444. It's essentially exactly what you need to do to run a 24-hour 100-miler. Oh. So each each hour, you have to run the loop, and you can take, I'll say, as long as you want. So you could take the full hour, or if you're super fast, you could run it in, you know, 28 minutes or wh- whatever. Um, but the thing is, you don't get to start the next loop until it's the top of the hour again. So there's some strategy there where it's like, do you run what your natural pace is? Do you run a little faster so you get time to rest? Do you run a little bit slower so you don't have to be standing still for so long? And the whole idea being, no matter how fast you are, everyone's in first until you're not. Oh, yeah. So yeah. 
uh, it goes, you, the, it starts again every single hour until there's only one person left. See, that's what scares the shit out of me, because for me, what, what I really hate is the idea of, like, you get back with just enough time to make it for the next loop, they ring the bell and you go out, and you leave, like, your left sock, and your, <laughs> you know, you just, like... Can you go out late on the loop, or do you have to be physically moving you away You have from... to be in the pen. Okay. And you can't get any more aid, so... Oh, once it's... the bell rings. Yeah, See, that's so what I'm scared of, is, like, you walk away, and you're like, I don't have any electrolytes, and I'm going to be gone for an hour if I'm a regular runner. So, that, I mean, that could happen, but you also... I mean, yeah, if you had an hour, depending on... If you hadn't put yourself in a hole too much, you'd be okay. I think it's if you had sprinted to get in from the last yeah, one on okay. time. So, it's... it's uh, super unique format so for some people it's super appealing and it's weird because it's this weird bubble of people like uh and i think it's worth noting like harvey lewis and guillaume calmets and like past winners they are like true connoisseurs of running Mm -hmm. meaning mountain desert road trail like track timed all of these incredibly different things. And so I think to them, they're like, well, this is just an ex- an extra stinky cheese from France. Like, this is on the <laughs> plate of cheeses right. that are different running. This is just another weird thing that I'd like to try. They're so versatile. Yeah. It's amazing. So it's funny. I hadn't thought about, like, I won't say race anxiety for you, but, like, the countdown for you is, like, hate the it. worst part. It's, and so It is. And it would be terrible because Laz does, like, a warning. It's three minutes. No. Two minutes. No. One See, minute. See, for me, this would be, like, the terror and the madness of Groundhog You probably Day. actually had this nightmare I've before. had it. Oh, you know, I've totally had <laughs> This is a race where I ran figure so eights many, yes, over and over again that, and managed to finish before you finished. That was uh, That is an actual nightmare I had, guys. It was, like, a treasure hunt in the woods where there's, like... Bought like a box of old pirate treasure, and Annie was behind me, and I was like, "Yes, I'm beating Anne Lang for the first time <laughs> in my fucking life." And I get to the treasure box at the end while you run these like they're seriously like like 400 meter figure eights, and I get there, and, and she's like, "Oh, I've been done for like 28 minutes," and I'm like, "I hate, I hate you. How did you do that? Like even in my even in my dreams, Anne Lang beats me. It's very cruel." Hmm. Uh. For me, the race format, I'm excited because, and it took me a while to warm up to it because Andy ran it last year and has has wanted to run it for a couple years, and I always thought, this is not something that I want to do. I do not want to do this, and then I watched it last year, and I was like, maybe, and now that I'm signed up, I'm like, you know, maybe like my sense of duty and like routine will help me just just think in my head... There's no decision. Mm-hmm. Like, when it comes yeah. time, you stand up and you go. Yeah, so that's like a repetitive stress injury of decision-making. Yes. Because your brain will just be like, no! Yep. <laughs> no, no, I'll just I get can't. up and do it. I don't want to do it again. Uh, I have to mention something that Andy said because I thought it was so interesting. He was pushing our friend Morgan, who we talked about doing Cloud Splitter for the first time. He was really trying hard to get her to run this race because oh. she loves being around other runners. And he said... How, where else can you run 100 miles and you will essentially never be alone? Oh, that is pretty juicy. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've never it's thought of that. the perfect race for Morgan I've Green. I've never thought of that. Like, yeah. every hour, coming back to people, always being around. Like, you won't spread out because runners. you'll recalibrate yes. every hour. Yeah. Wow. I know. <laughs> that would be so perfect for her. But anyway, so that was the last race I signed up for. So Biggs is in October, which stacks up for a really intense fall because it will be Angela's Crest in August, six weeks later, Barkley Fall Classic, four weeks later, 
Big's backyard, which was kind of funny because I just had my reintroduced to coaching conversation uh, with Ryan Gelfie, my coach from Trails and Tarmac. And he was talking about, like, how great it is that we have all this time to, like, build me back up and build, like, a good base and avoid injuries and experimenting with some stuff with heart rate training and blah, blah, blah. And because I don't have any races really lined up for the spring except for lots of orienteering stuff. And then I was like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, what about the rest of the year? And I was like, well, and then... And then I'm going to do a race, and then six weeks later do a race, and then another four <laughs> weeks later do a race. And I can't really say that any of them are my – only one of them is my A race because they're all my A race. So oh, that's wow. good, right? You made it really difficult for yeah. him to help you. Yeah. So he's – I think his enthusiasm might have tempered a little bit, but luckily we have, I mean, the full, full front end of the year to, like, reload and yeah. everything before yeah. a really busy fall. So – uh, getting back to our original conversation, which we went on a tangent, but who cares? Uh, this last weekend we did an event called, uh, Annie just pointed out something to me and she's making me feel like a fool. She's written the word Rogaine with the E at the end of it, uh, extra bold. And I'm assuming she's doing that because I have spelled it wrong so many times this week on social media. No. Oh, no, okay. No, I just, just scribbled a weird E. Okay, well, that's just my uh, invisible, uh, what's it called? <laughs> I told you this so many times. Invisible audience, where oh, I'm just yes. like, yes, okay. Someone's telling me I'm an idiot. Nope, no. not telling you an idiot, but anyway, I guess you are an idiot. I guess I'm an, an e ugly, silly doglio. <laughs> I am. So we went to a row game again. Which is an orienteering event. Uh, they give you a map that has a bunch of different points on it, and you have to decide which points you want to get to. Which is unlike a traditional orienteering race in which you have to do them in order. Right. And the event was called uh, Frigid. Frigid. So perfect. Which was perfect because it was 9 degrees. Mm, It was was zero when we got there. Zero degrees when we got there. It's in Brown near Brown County, Indiana, which is a state park on the south side of Indiana. I actually went camping there as a kid. So yeah, it's if cool you're bored, you actually area. must go there because it looks like yeah. the coolest place on earth. They yeah. have a they have a paintball area that looks like an episode of Lost that yeah. has like a plane dug into the ground. Yeah. You, you should definitely go there. It looks like a blast. It's really cool. Yeah, the specific area or the specific camp area we were at was called Explore Brown County, which is always weird being at a camp. In the off season. Oh, yeah. Because it just it looks it like does, a dystopian future. It looks like people just left. It's yeah. like there's cars like just left out in the woods that are part of like the high ropes course. And you're like, I think. It uh, looks abandoned. Yeah. It looks very. It looks like all the children died and everyone <laughs> went home. That I mean, it really has a very creepy feeling to it. So add to that, you know, us just going into the into the into woods. the woods. Yeah. But uh, so it's super cold. We had decided, and I say we, but I kind of just enforced it. I said, we are just going to hike this whole thing because this is our first orienteering outing of the year. We mm-hmm. haven't done any orienteering stuff since we did a night row game last year. And we forgot everything. Forgot everything. But most importantly, <laughs> messed up the map scale, which is like, oh, this fudge. is, this is like literally, it's like, it's not even orienteering one-on-one. It's like orienteering one. <laughs> okay. Annie's been beating herself up for this because we messed up. We count our paces per 100 meters. We like you you established that 
when when you measure 100 meters, you count your paces so that you know when you look at a map, you measure out the scale, and then you count your paces so that you're vaguely on target for where you think you're supposed to be. So you can be like, hey, let's go 200 meters, and then we need to start looking for a ridge or this thing. So we were less than half... Uh, of the scale we were supposed to be counting for. Yeah, so every time we thought we were supposed to go 100 meters, we were supposed to go 120 meters. So this is all, this is all fucking day, y'all. So we start start out, we actually hit our first control point without getting lost, which was great. It it was was probably by accident. Probably by accident. But after that, it was like, I don't, I don't understand where we are. Like all day it was like, okay, I know we haven't done this all winter, but like where are we? It was silly. It was, I really, I gave up after the third time we got lost, and I don't, I'm sure that Annie and her heart of hearts knew this, but she would just be like, God, I just don't, I just don't understand. And she'd turn around and I'd have like, have a handful of M&Ms and I'd be like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. But I was like, I'm just going to follow Anne Lang through the woods today like I usually do. Now, to your credit, there were times where I was like, you just... You just go ahead. Like, I'm going to have you... We're going to follow what you're going to do, and maybe you just wandered off, but it seemed like... Uh, we did I ever help us? Well. I yeah. Know, I no, did. you totally did. I think I helped us once. Yeah, there was several times, because we we tried different tactics, which was... Andy asked me, he said, was it worth your time to go this weekend? I was like, yes, but I don't know what... What we learned. Yet. I don't know what we learned. Um, I, if nothing else, I feel like we got experience being frustrated for a long time, Uh which uh honestly was valuable because there was times I just wanted to throw my map into the woods and be like, Uh okay, that's it. We're bailing. And it was like, can't even just bail because we have to orient. We have to get back. to get back. Yeah. Um, That was a little tiny bit of a scary feeling at one point. Yeah. Just, I mean... And it's interesting to not have, like, a safety out. And we didn't, we weren't unsafe at any point. It was no. just like, I want Oreos. Yeah. I don't want to be out here. I want to be by a fire eating a cup of soup. This is too far from where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> but we, we did go out and find some control points. Oh, my God. And yeah, we ended up being not last, not but the last, last team. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, nobody cleared the course, which... So clearing the course means somebody went out and found every single point. So there was 30 different points, and I think the most anybody got was 20, 29. 29. 29 so of 30. So almost perfect. So, which... This is shitty, y'all, but it makes me feel better, because I'm like, oh, well, nobody let, swept them all. You yeah. Know, it's not yeah, like yeah. everybody got... 30 points However, and we were the only ones people that got 12. were understanding what the fuck was going on out there. And we were literally like walking 50 feet, looking around and being like, I don't see any of this shit on the map that I'm looking at. Yeah. There is a hill. Is it the hill that I'm looking at here? I don't think so. Could be. Let's walk over it. <laughs> and, I, you know, we we went early even to go to the, like, beginner clinic beforehand just oh, as, like, a extremely refresher. Extremely helpful Which, is, which was great, us. though, because... I mean, I felt like everything he talked about, he was like, we were like, yes, yes, that's something we're familiar with. Yes. And he said, kudos to you for trying a sport that's not easy. And yeah. I, I was kind of carrying that with me too. Like, yeah, good, this isn't really easy for people. So it just, and it could be just a one-off, like based on the race format or the map format. So uh, now we, now we know, but uh, the 361 adventure people were very hospitable. They're very and, cool people. Uh, it was fun to be out in the cold, actually, which feels weird saying that. Because it was. 
Laura and I have both been a little, I'll say, gun shy about being in the extreme cold as yeah, of late. I was terrified all week long. I was like, how can I get out of this? Yeah. And it was nice to kind of rip the band-aid off. Yeah. And it was just good. be like, you know what? We were outside. I was wearing I literally was wearing snow pants and like <laughs> long johns because we were hiking around all day. But the next day I had a I just had a six mile run today and I went outside instead of going on the treadmill because I was like, it's actually warmer than it was yesterday. Yeah. And yesterday was fine. Yeah, I went and running the very next day and I I did feel reinvigorated by that because I really was terrified of that cold. And I got out there and I was appropriately dressed. I didn't get cold until the very end when the sun started to set and we were both like, I, there is nothing out here helping me. Yeah. When we thought we had found the boundaries of the state park or whatever. We we're just, just like, no, we found some. We just started making up like, this is a thing that yes, will help us. We're that's like, what we're looking yeah, for. We're like, here's some, here's some blue tape that's tied to some trees. This is obviously the park boundary. Well, Wrong. I was pretty pumped that I could have figured that out, but it was not true. But yeah, eventually I had to do a little dancing just to keep my body warm while we were like standing in one place trying to figure out where the fuck we were. Yeah. But other than that, we were never in danger. And the thing is like, we, ha- we knew that we were north of where we needed to be. So all we would really have to do was run south until a catching feature yeah. would grab us, Yeah. which is not that terrifying. No. Which actually makes me feel a little bit better about being lost yeah. In general. Yeah. Just knowing that you could go in pretty one much direction. in any spot, like anywhere you are, most of the time you can go in one direction yeah. and get to a thing that helps you. Yeah. I mean, I think having some fitness makes that feel a little bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a person who just thought you had to walk until you were safe, you might be like, well, I'd rather die. Yeah. Might as well lay down here. <laughs> and it was cool to be around other people that were doing the event and... As a reminder to me, because we had this experience at the Nitro Gain when we saw the first place uh, yeah. team. Holy shit, they're insane. Where, I mean, we're runners. And they're there's not people, runners. And they're yeah. not, I'll say they're not runners. Just seemingly or whatever, or orienteer, orienteers first. And I mean, I know that they're running. They, ha- they have to be running or at least moving, I don't know, like, twice, three times as fast as we are, which is remarkable to me because we had agreed to hike the whole day. And as we were going up some of the hills, I was like, I'm actually glad we agreed to hike because yeah. even if we were quote unquote running today, this, this is, is how fast we would be going. We and I agree. I agreed about that too. <laughs> but if we hadn't run the last mile, we would not have made it back in time. Right. So there is a time limit. We started at one and the event went till seven. So it was a six hour road game. Um, and we got back four minutes yeah. before the And you get off. a point per checkpoint that you find. Mm-hmm. And then you, if you make it back even one minute past the designated time, you get subtracted one point per right. minute. Right. So you really cannot be late. Yeah. And we got, we ended up with 12 points. 13. 13? 13. Yay. Yay. Out of 30. <laughs> oh God. What a Next miserable time we'll failure. Next time we'll be better. Um, which we are going to do a couple orienteering events that will be shorter and more traditional where it's like go to point one, then two, then three, then four, and see who can do it the fastest, um, which will be a good reality check for me to be like, come on, I, I don't suck that bad at orienteering, do I? Maybe I do. We'll see. We'll find out. We'll find I, out. I already feel more confident walking into a next race from what I know now. I, I just feel like at some point the light bulb's going to turn on with orienteering, and I'm just going to be like, oh, yes, come with me. Yeah. I don't know. Me when too. That, I hope that happens soon. It's funny. I will say to your credit, I honestly thought you were the most engaged oh. this race. Really? Yeah, That's because hysterical. I think in the past we've actively, or I have actively been like, 
I'm doing this. Yes. Come with me. Yes. And this one, I was like, what I'm doing is not working. So that's funny. I feel like Nitro Game, like I was feeling pretty competent. Like, yeah, that's or maybe true. I was just looking at the map and you were saying this, and I was like, yes, and yeah. I understand that. Yeah. That's probably what actually happened. Yeah. My level of understanding at Nitro Game was like maybe. 40 to 50%, like, I would be like, yes, yeah, oh, I get it. Yeah. Uh, at Frigid, I think my understanding was, like, 1 to 5%. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, okay, good. We're finally on Maybe the same playing field. Maybe that's why I feel you're as, you were as competent, because I'm like, yes, I was at the same level. Yeah, okay. Yes. But that was our, our Rogan experience, so Yay. more orienteering stuff coming up, which... Uh, we'll continue to talk on here because it's just fun. It's another it fun. fun thing we do. I mean, I have to tell you, running's cool, but adult adventure treasure hunt is yeah. much cooler. Yeah, You don't get crazy medals and you don't get, like, beer and cute stuff. Yeah. But, man, the uh, I was telling Annie, the endorphin rush that you get from finding something hidden in the woods, yeah. it's, that's a high hit for me. Yeah. That's, that's a true level of joy where... Yeah. And th- this race, it was just sort of like, fucking, there it is. Great. <laughs> yeah. Great. You oh, there. We just wanted to, like, take the control points and just, like, throw them yes, into the woods burn or them burn and them down. Them. Yeah. yeah. But another times when you're, like, actually creating a strategy that's working, you're like, oh, yeah. I found a thing that was hidden in the woods yeah. and I'm a grown-up. And to make a plan and then execute it. Yeah. That's where it satisfying. gets your brain going, goo. <laughs> yeah. So the next thing we want to talk about is, uh, well, Partially winter, but also just more in general. We want to talk about gear. Um, and, like, gear tips, Yeah, you know? and the things that we've learned over the years. Like, there are just some little things, and the first of which I would like to express by showing Annie the socks that I'm wearing right now. So, it is known to me that I cannot wear compression socks while running because they make my calves cramp. But I continue to buy them because I see Instagram ads that are like, oh my god, look at this cute hot girl with booty shorts on with like pink and purple and knee-high socks. So I bought some, and I'm dingus for doing it. So at Ozark 100, when I rolled into an aid station, I was like, oh hey, need new wool socks. And Annie was like, yeah, here you go. And I was like, they're compression socks. And she was like, "Mm mm-hmm. And now we're cutting the sleeves off of them. (laughs) So she cut the tops off of some $55 fucking wool compression socks, Mm -hmm. which is to say... If you have gear that doesn't work... Make it work. You can make it make work. Make it work. Make it work. I'm glad you said that because I feel Andy's really good at modifying Holy, his He is like, the king vest. of modification. So he has a Solomon vest. And for anybody that has a Solomon vest, the front closures are like elasticy, which doesn't make sense to me because you want it to stay where it stays. You want the fabric to move, but you don't want the closures to move. So he swapped out the the straps in the front that close the vest together with straps from a mountain hard hard easy for you to say mountain hardware vest that are uh what's the word I'm looking uh, clasped. for clasped yeah but what's the strapping called nylon like nylon. a nylon strap yeah like a there's nylon strap no, with a clasp there's no give and that's his perfect vest that's what works he's for also him. a guy who can like modify the back of a car yes. and like turn like found found a way to make their daughter's DVD player hang off the back of the seat. Exactly. He could true. basically build you a house at a PVC pipe by four o'clock today. Yep. Yeah. So anybody that needs a PVC house goes to call. <laughs> uh, but modifying gear, so thinking about like modifying vests mm-hmm. or like pants. <laughs> my one of my gear tips is for me, I have to have a drawstring. Oh, yeah. On everything. Yeah. I mean, all my pants and capris, I don't know, maybe I'm just buying the wrong size clothes. I don't think so. Um, I have to, 
I have to have a drawstring, which a lot of bottoms don't come with a drawstring. Yeah. Yeah. So clever thing if you have a I forget what it's called it's not a double layered waistband but if you yes, ha- yes double layered was- yes, waistband is. so if you have two layers of fabric around the top of your pants I literally cut two holes in them in one part on the inside and put like an old shoestring I've done this with a single layered fabric when I bought my super expensive <laughs> Solomon right. skirt that has booty shorts underneath it it's a very weird get up and I was like no I can't run 100 miles this is going to fall off my tuckus. So I wove a shoestring in and out of the fabric by putting holes in it and then yeah. tied that baby up and had my little flubby whiteness flopping over the top of it and felt great. Yep. Because I, yeah, I highly encourage anybody to modify lean your into gear. The, lean into the drawstring thing, man. That too. And as a person whose butt crack is chronically hanging out, <laughs> I like to pull up my tights to my tits. Yeah, yeah. Commit then, to the tit. And then tighten the drawstring yeah. as much as I can. Because so by the time no it one, loosens, yeah. it's right at the belly button. Yeah, because nobody gets to see my butt crack then or my belly button or my face sometimes. Unless you decide to put your pants all the way down. Yeah. Just for, you know, if it's yeah. a hot race. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, that's been, that's happened to me. But <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. For me, I, I understand this about myself, but I apparently have some freaking delicate sensibilities for being a real hard-ass bitch. Like you have very sensitive skin. I have very sensitive skin. Everything that touches me makes me itch. <laughs> Ew, that's true. Like, I can't have anything touching my underarms. So something we've done in the past is, like, uh, women's running shirts tend to be cut right over the cap of the, like, the shoulder cap. And when you run, that seam can start to burn the inside of your arm off. So Annie and I have gone and bought, like, um, long-sleeved tech shirts and then cut them off right around the elbow so that you have uh, something to cover what we call your chubbins wubbins. Mm -hmm. Which is that soft flesh (laughs) on, like, the inside of your arm that your sports bra will just, Mm -hmm. like, slice Mm -hmm. off. Or I've even had it happen where it's just my own freaking armpit sticking to my own Mm -hmm. arm, and it chubs as bad as, like, my crotch does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So seams are a problem for me. Uh, I have had the like found the holy grail of sports bras. Roadrunner Sports sells well or used to sell a seamless sports bra. There is no, there's no stitching. There's no folded fabric at any of uh, the entrance and exit points. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the only thing that I can wear. I own two of them, and they are my race bras because yeah. I just can't risk losing my flesh like I have because. There are so many other factors going on in a race that, like, are making you quit. If the inside of your arm is raw and bloody, you're just going to be like, fuck it, I'm out. And when I did a Pinhoti 100, I had to have them medically tape up the inside of my arm because it was it was, it was was starting to bleed because Ooh. it was just rubbing. And I didn't even have, like, a sleeveless shirt or anything. It was just, like, a perfect combination of salt or Water. whatever yeah. that it started yeah. to chub. So, and for sports bras, well, I should say sports bras, tights, and hydration vests for me are the things that are worth spending money on. Like, I am not a person who, I never have the sense to invest in high quality things that will last a long time, but like shirts. Me neither. you know, the long oh, no, sleeve we get, shirts I mean, that we, we bought, we've literally buy Walmart gotten them shirts. from Walmart, and yeah. it's great. But things like tights that are, they have to sit right on your hips, yep. they need to they need the right, not the right pull fabric. down. They need to breathe. Yep, they need to be warm enough. I mean, if we're talking about winter tights, like, in the winter, it's worth 
It's, I mean, it's worth it's having. It's worth its weight in gold to have yes, good tights. Because you end up wearing them. I mean, when I have a pair of good winter tights, I wear them, I wear them five every days a day. Yeah, me all too. All winter long. And me then too. when I burn through the crotch by the end of the winter, <laughs> I'm like, I can't believe that wearing these every day for four months burnt a hole in between my thighs. Uh, this is pathetic. I've been running for five, four or five years. The winter pants that I have are from Nash Bar. They're biking pants. They're fleece lined. They're the only winter tights I own. And I have worn them every year. Whoa. They cost me $31 on NashBar.com, and they are indestructible. Whoa. And you still can't see my underwear through them. (laughs) (laughs) Snaps. Solomon, however, those fancy pants. Yeah. And he was like, I can see the freckle on your right butt cheek. And I was like, son of a bitch, these are so expensive. Yeah. So spend the money on the tights. For sure. And I I guess I shouldn't say spend money on sports bras. I think you should try out a lot of sports yeah. bras. You because, can get a cheap one that works for you. Yeah. Unless, I mean, if you are a larger chested woman, I think, you know, a lot of local running places or just running stores in general put a lot of focus into like bra fitting yes. um, services, yes. which I think would be invaluable because I luckily don't have too much to worry about there, but I can't, I honestly can't imagine running a hundred, a hundo with big boobies no. <laughs> and trying to manage God that. God bless you people. Oh. Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah. That has to be rough. Like you guys must wear two bras at once. I yeah. know that that's like a pretty common thing, but like. Just also, if you're even worried about it, we just take giant globs of Aquaphor mm-hmm. and just smother any of those creases, like, or even the seam at the top of your boobs. Sorry, men, but do it. Just put men also do this. I yeah. mean, your nipples are having a hard time, yeah. too. You have your but, own nip. Stick. Yes, you do. <laughs> but in your armpits, like, there's no such thing in a long race as too much lube. As our dear friend Andy, uh, well, your husband Andy will tell you. <laughs> He, he's considered this amazing idea where you essentially go into a spray tanning booth and you just get covered in lube. Which sounds glorious. It sounds amazing. Especially at a hot race. I mean, grease it up. I will say on the lube front, which sounds gross, but on the lube front... <laughs> it's a new I feel segment like... we're doing. <laughs> lube front. Lube front. Do-do-do-do-do. I feel like I've learned... That if you can cover it with fabric instead of lubing it, you should try and cover it True. with fab- fabric. So, True. like, on the armpit thing, granted, temperature is always an issue. Like, if you are too hot no matter what, yep. go with lube. But, I mean, if you can find a shirt that covers the parts of True. lube that will chafe. If you are a woman whose thighs rub together, do not run a race in booty shorts. Oh my God. And you know what? It's still the one of the great mysteries to me. It's like, uh, it's the holy grail for me to understand how it must be skinny ladies. I'm sorry. You guys must have something about your bodies that allows you to run in like swishy shorts and short shorts. Oof. We would we would not have legs. They yeah. would be gone. Yeah. My legs pretty much rub together from my crotch to my ankles. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to wear stirrup pants. <laughs> but... Yeah, so things like uh, your thighs, it's better to just cover them up it with is. fabric than try and keep up hey, your lube. Hey, I want to be cute. I want to wear cute booty yeah. shorts. It's never going to happen for me. I always wear knee-length shorts at a yeah. hot race, and yeah. I know that I look extremely great. Great. <laughs> 
but I, I have to do that to survive Sometimes it. you have to go function over... Yeah, oh, yeah. I hate the way I look in pretty much every race, and I always see these other people like, oh, I wish I had that pro-looking kit on, and then I was like, but then my flesh would burn and I would die. Yeah. So to set myself up for success, I'm wearing a pretty dumb outfit almost all yeah. the time. Walmart shirt, check. It's my favorite, it's my... Ra- it's Long my bike style Miracle... Shorts. Yeah, Check. those things are so dumb. The compression shorts that I wore for Ozark 100 that I got from Wilf were so tight that the very inside top of my chubbins webbins of my thighs just sort of sprang out on the inside. <laughs> so I just had this like this donut layer of flat fat flesh coming out of the top and I was like, looks bad feels great. And she won that race. So, you know, <laughs> you tell me, who cares about a little thigh squish oh, when not you me. go and do the thing yeah. that I wanted to do? I need it really, really tight on my quads and I need it loosey-goosey in my junk area. <laughs> Perfect. Just like a man. So all you needed was a man's compression shorts. Thanks, Wolf. Uh-huh. Those are awesome. I love them. Other gear, clothing stuff. Uh, socks. I, you know, there are some die-hard and gingy folks. You're one of them. I am. I am. Someone once called it the Holy Trinity, which is uh, Dirty Girl Gators, Wool and Gingy Socks, and a pair of Ultras is uh, the Holy Trinity for running an Ultra. And I tend to agree with all of those things. Yeah. That's a a cushy ride. It is a cushy ride. Um, uh, For me... I go back and forth about the Njinjis. I I'm, I didn't wear them to BFC, and I lost everything. I lost... <laughs> she, she no longer has feet. <laughs> I mean, I it was effed up. It was puffy and gross and terrible. Hmm. So I really... And then I didn't wear them to Ozarks, and I also lost everything. So obviously I learned oh. some lessons this year. Just now. She actually she, just now yeah, realized The that. light bulb's always just turning on for me. But yeah, so, but the problem for me is fitting all that fabric in, so you really need a wide toe box if you're going to do a thicker and gingy, because yeah. it's it does separate your toes a certain amount, because there's so much fabric in between each toe, so consider that if you want that cushy ride, you're going to need a big toe box. Like That's a good point. I don't think you can fit wool, wool chubby and gingies in, like, a speed coat. Like, yeah. it's just not, unless you have a very delicate ballerina foot, it's not going to go in there. Yeah. You know, Carl Metzler, the ballerina foot. Mm-hmm. That's what they used to call him back in mm-hmm. high school. Yeah. Ballerina <laughs> foot to speed goat. Whatever. <laughs> and I I used to do in gingies, and I didn't like the tediousness of switching them mid-race. I mean, that can be a hard thing to switch out your socks quickly when you're wearing in gingies, but obviously worth it if you have toes that rub together and give yeah. you blisters. I am a dry max girl myself. Mm. I am not super particular about my toes anymore, but moisture is like a huge thing to me. Like mm-hmm. I need dry feet. I had, uh, I was going to say emaciated feet at the end of burning river. That is not right. They nope. hadn't eaten in years. So they were very <laughs> emaciated, but macerated feet at the end of burning river because I had literally stepped in water at like, it was like mile 15. Oh, no. And then I was just soaking in it till the end of the race, which it was one tiny stream crossing and it should have drained and dried. That's And it didn't work. So yeah. having switched to Drymax, I don't have nearly the same moisture management issues I used to. Um, and I just like them. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about um, don't go for vanity when it comes to sport. Uh, because I have had a really hard time finding out what shoe works for me, especially on long distance. And I've been through every single shoe there is, and I know that I would rather run in a Solomon because I think it's an attractive and fucking cool it shoe. Pro. It looks pro. But for me, I have to wear Mr. Dumpy 
<laughs> the New Balance Hero, and I've I've run an uh, every iteration of the shoe except for the newest one, which is so freaking fabulously ugly, ugly, and I can't wait to try it on. <laughs> it's got like a, the sock ankle, and it's like flesh colored oh, in the body, ooh. a lot like the horrible Adidas ones yes. that you used to wear. Adidas Boost, yeah. Oh my God, they're so. Why juicy. make a white shoe when you can make a, a nude shoe. shoe? Who came up with a nude shoe that goes in the mud? Anyway, but I know that it works for me. It drains quickly. It has a wide toe box. It has a good amount of squish in the foot, but it also grips the ground and allows me to feel the ground underneath me. And gives you enough support. It does. And it's ugly as sin, and there's nothing cool about it. But for me, after enough trial and error, and thank you, Red Runner VIP, for letting me return a bitch load of (laughs) fucked up shoes, this is the shoe that I have to run in. And I probably, unless they really screw up the threes, it's going to be my shoe for life. Yeah. Uh, I am a person who has such big feet that I need to wear men's yeah, shoes. Well, yeah. Uh, sorry, me too. Yeah. Uh, so I end up wearing like an 11 to an 11 and a half men's because uh, by the time my feet have started swelling a little bit on a longer run, I'm, I have to go at least a half, if not a whole size up. And I learned that the hard way because I, st- when I started running, I think I was wearing like 10 and a half or something in women's. And that Me might, too. that might work for a pair of flats when you're walking around at work or something. But once your foot starts to change from doing long distance running and like the first time you have a race and you want to cut your shoes yeah. off of you at yeah. like mile 40 because yeah. they're constricting you so bad, you will never make the pro- you will never make the mistake of getting shoes that look cute from a size right. perspective. Right. In lieu of comfort because yeah. honestly as a as a woman who's always at the top end of the size scale, it's like gosh, I really don't want to have to wear dude shoes and then it was like give me dude shoes oh, so i can have I as like much them. room as possible i like them a lot better now that i've been in them for a couple years and now it's funny i'm uh, i'm finally up to an 11 and a half i feel like this is like an <laughs> achievement that you reach and you run long enough that you actually your feet just we're grow. both just growing girls yeah. yeah i mean when i started off i was wearing women's 10 and a half and now i wear a men's 11 and a half because the recent heroes came out too small yeah so yeah i wear a full-blown clown shoe and what I've discovered is I have some 12s that of the uh, Ultra. They're a road shoe that I've been hoofing around in for fun. Escalantes? Escalantes. Amazing, Annie. Um, and they're 12s. And you know what it turns out? They're a little bit floppy in the toe. I can run eight-minute miles in them, and they never <laughs> sent me flying out of my face. There you go. I mean, it's really like, to me, a bigger shoe is not going to get in the way. Like, I wore Andy's 12s for a whole race three years ago. Yeah. And it worked great. Go bigger. Yeah. Never, ever, ever go smaller. I think we, this is, I'll say this kind of goes along with gear and like, uh, I, I kind of think about this subject as being like gear tips that nobody tells you. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those things is toenails. Oh my God. Okay. We will come to your house. Okay. We so, will shave them down for you. Along with the bigger shoes thing. You should not have toenails that extend even close to, to the end of the your edge toenails of your flesh. or the end of your toes. You we should will be, find you. You should be able to see flesh after the end of yes. your of your toenails. Get a Dremel. I don't care what you have to fucking <laughs> or do. Or a bandsaw. Or whatever. a bandsaw. I don't care if they're thick. Get them off of there. So you should be trimming them short. Um, not so short, obviously, that you're cutting into the quick. quick. But 
you should be cutting them short and then taking a nail file and, and buffing make, down and the edge. sloping them down. So you should not have any blunt edges at the end. That would um, snag on a sock or snag on a shoe. Yes. Or be t- constantly rubbing on the top of a shoe. They should be very short. They should essentially be as short as you can comfortably have them. Yes. I will tell you, I just did a 60-mile, like, all-day walk, run for Ginger Miss a couple weekends ago. And I forgot, because I haven't been running, I I just forgot to trim my toenails. And I'm about to lose my two big toenails because of one day of... Because it's just that nail tip hitting the end of your Mm -hmm. shoe. I wasn't even going up and downhill, which is usually a bigger contributor. Mm -hmm. But it was just that blunt trauma all day that just killed off my toenails. Yeah, don't... Be vain about this. I don't know why you're vain about your toenails. If you are, please call us. We need to know who you are. (laughs) That's a bizarre thing to be vain about. But just, like, don't be lazy about it. Because I lost 9 out of 10 at Ozarks. Because I guess I had not buffed the tops of them down. Yeah. Just don't do that. Because it's January now and they haven't grown back. And I would really love to paint my toenails pink this week. Paint the skin. Paint Paint the the skin. skin. Paint the skin. Actually, that works if you need to know. Because the skin gets pretty hard where your toenail used to be. And Annie and I have gotten in the habit of mm-hmm. painting the skin where toenails are supposed to be. Especially in summer. Because yeah. we're not going to give that up. It's yeah. a girl thing that we Ew. enjoy. Yeah. Hello. But yeah. Toenails. Um, so we've, we've essentially gone almost head to toe. We have not talked about head stuff. Mm. Headlamps. Head oh my stuff. God. I hate head stuff. Okay. I'm a person that cannot have anything touching my head. I'm like an autistic person. I don't know why. I've realized over the many years, this is another thing about fashion. I love trucker hats. I can't wear them. If I run in them for more than two hours, I seriously feel like someone is like Chinese water torturing me. It makes me go insane. So I end up asking Annie to snap it to my bag and then I lose it. The end. Yep. Goodbye hat. Yep. But I've got like 50 and they're really cute and I hang them up on my walls, but I can't wear them. And I also cannot wear a headlamp except for a very, very, very specific one that hangs on both the back and the front of your head and is counterbalanced. Yeah, so it's one from Princeton Tech that has a big battery pack in the back of it, which you would seems counterintuitive that that would be more comfortable, but having it balanced out between the front and the back really helps. Yeah, it's, it's like the difference between wearing a well-fitted uh, bicycle helmet and someone punching you in your third eye for 50 hours. Like, for me, that's the difference between those <laughs> just two a, things. Just a slight difference. Yeah. Just no, a slight I difference. Can't, so if you're sensitive about those things, consider the Princeton, because it's really worked for me. I don't even own it. I just use Annie's. Um, <laughs> Andy's. It's actually Andy's. Oh, thanks, yeah. Andy. Um, there's also a waist belt available, but I found for me that when I would run, the chubbies of my wubbies would make the light go up and down on the trail and give me vertigo and yeah. make me want to throw up. So I couldn't watch that light. Yeah. Uh, I have the Ultra Aspire Lumen, which is the waist belt, and I really like it. I've also run, like, I ran a huge chunk of San Diego at night using nothing but a cheap energizer, like... Shit. I'm going to say utility light. Almost like a pen light. Like, if you make your hand into a fist, that's how big it is. You're kidding me. It's that long. And for whatever reason, it worked, and it was really nice to run and just be able to point at the things that I needed to and not... Not only where I looked at with my head. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, find what works for you from a gear perspective. I will say, uh, if you're doing a lot of night running, one of the coolest tips, it's actually from Gary Robbins, was another technique to battle 
sleepiness or fatigue mm-hmm. at night is to have a really bright headlamp oh, in yeah. order to essentially simulate daylight, yeah. which gives you an idea of how many lumens we're talking about. Yeah. But it helps trick your brain into thinking it's not it's as dark very as it helpful. is, you know? And I mean, if you think about melatonin production happening when it's dark, that, I mean, that completely yeah. makes sense. No, it's very helpful. Um, I'd so, like yeah. for Annie to give us another tip that I like to call elephantitis of the head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so other headgear stuff. So I get hot when running if it's above 47 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> She and I have had a lot of success. They talk a lot about icing, like putting ice in your arm sleeves or putting in a bandana. Um, elephantitis head is taking <laughs> a buff and folding it in half and stuffing that like pocket that you've made with your folded in half buff with ice. And I mean like as much ice as you could possibly fit in there. And, and then wearing it on the front of your head. And then wearing it on your forehead like you have a bad case of elephantitis. Yes, that's why, I, I, that's why I've always called it that. And if you're having a very hot day, you load up the front and the neck area so that you have a double case you of elephantitis. You look really insane. Yeah. It works really great, It though. does work really great. Um, other headgear stuff. Uh, so switching between, like, trucker hats, buffs, uh, no-head stuff... I, when it comes to any kind of precipitation, I have to have a baseball cap of some kind. If I don't have a lid, like, and I forget this each winter, that if I go and run in the snow and I don't have a hat, I'm like, uh, 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 just like blinking and stuff. Because it's like falling in your face like rain would. Yes. Um, So yeah, never underestimate just a good old baseball cap. Yeah, no, I I like to wear, well, I believe it's uh, Morgan's grandpa's hat. That's my go-to yeah. for precipitation because it's very, it's like nothing gets through it. Yeah, good point. Yeah, because yeah. it's essentially like It's like far- plastic. It's a farmer's insurance baseball hat. Yeah. It's and my it's my favorite hat. Yeah, it's, it is beautiful. It's like it's the gorgeous. most beautiful powder blue. Ugh. It's that old man powder blue. Y'all know what I'm talking yes. about. That's it's really buttery, good. powdery blue. Um, so, for, uh, one last thing I wanted to. Oh, yeah. Uh hairstyle stuff because I think this is interesting yeah, to yeah, think yeah, about. Yeah, totally. Um experiment with your hairstyles before <laughs> you wear it on race day. Yeah. So no new stuff on race day. That's true. I adhere to nothing new on race day about fifty five percent of the time. I think I'm seventy. Okay. But so I would put hairstyles in that same category. You should wear whatever you're going to wear on race day in mm-hmm. your training runs. That sounds that may sound silly, but I've seen people literally get uh what would you call it? Is there it? a hair emergency coming up no, here? I'm so confused. like if people have their hair in a braid, they get they oh, get a tail uh, like a ha- hair whip. Yes. So they have like a spot where they're getting hair like rubbed raw from their like hair swishing back and forth. Ouch. Also, people who have like head sensitivities and throw their hair in a French braid or like pigtails or yeah. something. That's another thing that after several hours is going to feel really bad. Sure. Also, I know that in winter races, if I wear a low ponytail and it freezes, it keeps me cold the whole day. Oh, yeah. So I have to wear a very high ponytail in a cold race so that I keep my sweat away from my neck. Cool. Yeah. Pro tip. I thought about that. But for me, a French braid is like an autistic person wearing a lead vest. It's like 
we have made your faces tight as can be, and now you must go. It makes me feel amazing. So tight. <laughs> uh, other fun thing, just um, you know, fun crafting trip. I cannot talk today. Fun crafting tip. There are a few things I like more than cutting a hole or two holes <laughs> in my trucker hat to stick a ponytail or pigtail. So through. I good. love it. So I good. Plus it gives people, it. you know, a little giggle on the trail when they see that your your hair is coming out of your hat. Yep. Uh, funny thing, when I was running across the years last year, it was when my hair was, let me think about what color it was, dark red dark red and then I had an undercut so the bottom part of my oh, hair yeah. was shaved and was yeah. black yeah and one of the runners said I have to thank you so much for the entertainment for the last couple of hours I've just been running behind you trying to figure out which part of your hair is real or <gasps> if that's part of your hat like and he was not being mean at yeah, all yeah, he yeah. was no that's and cool. it, it, it it did look like I had like fake pigtails, or that the bottom part oh, was fake, yeah. or that it was like part of my hat. Really, like or wearing something. a hat that has a built-in uh-huh. mullet or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So as a person who does not adhere to one hairstyle for very long, I- I'm happy to provide that entertainment. Hell yeah, mm-hmm. man! If I didn't have a, the job that I have now, I would have the D word haircut, and someday I still will. Which uh, is a bleach blonde mullet. With, with micro, micro bangs. bangs, which are the shortest your bangs can be without being shaved all the way back to your ear. So uh, if you think about, uh, actually, it's a bowl cut in the front and a party in the back. Oh, my God. That's what I want. <laughs> that is what you want, oh weirdo. Oh, my God. A micro bowl cut with a mullet. That's like my essence. Yeah. So wrapping up gear stuff, let's make sure we've kind of touched on all of our like, Head, favorite things to talk shoulders. about. Tits and feet. Tits, Tits and, and feet. feet. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, butt cracks. <laughs> I have one thing about uh, gear that I want to cover real quick, which would be um, sunscreen, which is like, I know I'm a, a white fleshy baby and it's very dangerous for me to be outside without sunscreen. However, we did discover that when I wear sunscreen, sometimes it's like trapping sweat inside my body and my mm-hmm. body panics and then I my whole system shuts down. Yeah. So it's safer for me to wear white long sleeves and wet them than it is for me to be exposed and then covering up anything with sunscreen. So protect your skin. It's absolutely critical if you're our age. If you're a woman of our age. Which is 22. Yeah, well. We've... Well, and I would say if you're a trail runner, anyone, guy, girl, we spend so much time outside. If mm-hmm. you don't want to look like a leather bag after you've been trail yes. running for a year and a half, yes. you you should think about your skin. You need to protect yourself a little bit because I think in the last year of just training on track, I think I aged three years and woke up horrified. So I will be putting uh, sunscreen on my face for road running, just not for anything distance. So consider that if that's something that maybe your skin doesn't do well with. Something I thought about with winter running that I've not been doing is using sunscreen at all, like on the sunny days, because I'm totally doing that thing that they write about in pretty much every like parenting like you know fashion magazine which is like when you go outside skiing don't forget that there's actually more sun rays because it's reflecting off the snow and i'm like it's cold outside sun don't work when it's cold (laughs) (laughs) yes so remember that take care of your skin uh we didn't talk about watches but we can i feel like that's a that's a really big category that to cover and yeah it's, it's very personal i was just gonna say it's very personal it's, very personal. it's like, like a car yeah between like price point and everything um i do have to give a shout out to my lovely husband for giving me a delayed uh 
or belated anniversary present from New Year's. He got me a Sunto Spartan Trainer HR. So it has the wrist heart rate monitor, which I'm super excited about because along with this cold season, there are a few things in the entire world that are colder than a wet fucking heart oh, rate Oh, God. It really is like putting a wet bathing oh, suit on. It's not a fun thing to do. So I'll never bad. do it again. I refuse. It's so bad. Um, my previous watch was a Garmin 920 XT, um, which it, it had its quirks, um, but I, I still loved him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see. I'm, I'm still kind of in the testing phase, but um, that's where I stand on watches, and you should talk about your lover. <laughs> oh, my God, guys. I've got the 41 935, which I tested out from my good friend Jill this year. I brought it. She gave it to me for like two and a half weeks. She's nicer than she should be. She is. <laughs> I don't know why. She went on vacation. She said she didn't need it, which probably wasn't true. But in that time, I developed an unhealthy obsession with it. Uh, it, it basically will do everything but order you a pizza. And it actually might, There's that might be a, a release feature for that. But uh, it's the most reliable, most feature heavy watch I've ever owned. It's also a very high price point. I saved up for a long time to buy mine after I did actually eventually give Jill's back. Um, what I really like about it is uh, I know that it can't give you a precise VO2 max, but it will show you fluctuations over time in your VO2 max, which, uh, you know, at least can show you your performance changes. Um, the heart rate, the optical heart rate is impeccable. It's just never, ever off. And I love knowing all day what my heart rate is like because it yeah. can also kind of um, account for what your stress level is like over the course of the week. Do you wear week. yours at night? I wear mine constantly. Yeah. It is my baby. It is my wubby. I was telling Annie on the way here, I've never loved anything other than my car the way that I love this watch, which makes my miss sounds like I have a fancy car. I, I don't, it's an element, but yeah, uh, it, I really like the, uh, the altimeter works really accurately. I've never had a watch with optical and altimeter in my life. So I really got a major, major upgrade. I came from the Vivo Active. So I basically went from driving a golf cart to driving a Land Rover. There you go. So now you just have to keep it for like five years to get your money's worth. I absolutely do. And this also, uh, not to say that there's anything wrong with not having a watch at all for people that are uh, free balling it on their runs. We salute you. Yeah. Or people who, actually, this is worth mentioning. Uh, what I have found to be the most consistent for long races, because it can be hard, because almost essentially, I'm just not fast enough to get my entire race on one, on one one activity on one watch or on one charge. Uh, what I have found to be the easiest because I keep, I tend to keep my cell phone on me and charge the whole time anyways, is to run the Strava app the whole time. It is the most accurate. Flawless. 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 So if you have races that... You know, maybe you're a little OCD. I can relate to that. And mm-hmm. you want your full activity in one GPX file. Just run your Strava app off your phone while you have your watch available for you to look at. Mm-hmm. And you'll get it all. Like, I've had a lot of success with that. And I used to stress a lot about, like, you know, getting a watch charger, swapping out a, a watch, or if this this one setting will work or not. And just running the Strava app captures the whole thing, which is bonkers. Yeah, that is pretty bonkers. good. Last thing I'll say about the 935 is the battery life is insane. Running uh, on while using GPS lasted me through 23 and a half hours of Ozarks, which is... That's awesome. That's unparalleled. That's awesome. Yeah. 
You, she did not receive her watch free, nor is she being endorsed for her opinion. <laughs> <laughs> no, she whatever. Did. We're only sponsored by yeah. Two Times Butt Shield. <laughs> Which is a packet that we just bought for ourselves. Two times, two <laughs> times butt. I love Two Times Butt Shield. <laughs> oh, we did, We should have do- dove more oh, into yeah, the lube. Pro- lube. That's okay. We got plenty to say about lube, but you guys already know what kind of lubes we love. Yeah, lots of lubes. A new uh, segment called Lubes We Love. <laughs> do do do. Lubes we love. Lubes we love. Now we're getting back. With some boobs we love. <laughs> now we're getting slimy was my version. <laughs> oh, now we're getting slimy. That's pretty gross. Uh, but that's our that's, that's our it for show this week. for this week. So thanks for joining us. Uh, keep on keeping on in this winter, y'all. So long, fools. <laughs>